Welcome to the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Ann Siri, your host for this episode. Rising up to life's challenges is hard work, especially in today's world with so much stress, chaos, and fear, all of which can pull us down if we let it. We don't have to let our outer circumstances or others dictate how we feel and act or define who we are. Now, more than ever, is the time to awaken our own inner power, dig deep, and rise up to our best self, our loving, heart-centered, higher self. That's what Hearts Rise Up podcast is all about. When we tap into our inner power, we elevate ourselves, our life, and the world around us. It's that simple. So let's get right into today's episode. Our guest is Terry Moore. Terry is billed as the hottest disabled entrepreneur in America. We'll be hearing more about that today. Terry was born with cerebral palsy, but he never let this disability hold him back from pursuing and achieving his dreams. Terry was blessed to have over 30 years in the music industry. He has a strong background in public relations, marketing, and public speaking. As an entertainment publicist, he has had the opportunity to travel worldwide and meet with various people, including Madonna, Magic Johnson, Paula Abdul, Whitney Houston, Sean Combs, and many, many more celebrities of music and sports. He's written for several top entertainment and regional magazines, including Right On and Billboard. Terry continues to hold national lectures, teaching the business of music, and providing motivational speeches on his triumph over his disability with cerebral palsy. He was invited by the White House to witness President Obama sign the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Terry believes that success lies within the heart, along with a strong faith in God. He's been successful achieving his dream of being the best in the entertainment industry, along with much success in sports, publicity, and public speaking. Terry has written two books, How to Launch Your Music Career in 21 Days, and My Music Storybook, How a Disabled Kid from Brooklyn Lived His Dream in the Entertainment Business. Welcome, Terry. We're glad to have you here with us to share some of your stories. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So are you ready to rise up to your best self today to inspire our listeners? Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Well, out of all those things that we just talked about, was there anything that you just fondly remember as a highlight of your past? Wow. Um, I would probably say um, going to the White House definitely mm-hmm. was a great highlight. Absolutely. To be on the South Lawn and to think that so many people were been there. John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King was actually on the same ground. So mm-hmm. that was uh, definitely a highlight. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. Not many people can say that they've done that. Very true. Very true. So that was an uh, elevated moment in your life. Yes, it was. Absolutely. So we might as well jump right into that aspect because just for our listeners, I also asked you like how you were inspired to do what you did having the disability that you had. And I remember you saying you didn't know you had a disability. Yeah, you know, as I was growing up, it probably didn't hit me that I had a disability until around maybe junior high school and what they say in the South middle school. Mm -hmm. So uh, as I grew up in middle school, that's when I think it started to hit me that I was different. And when you're disabled, you go through different phases in your life in regards to uh, first you start blaming yourself. You figure that you did something wrong. 
then you start blaming God, thinking he did something wrong. And then you also blame your parents, thinking, okay, maybe they did something wrong. And that went probably from middle school, beginning of middle school to the end of middle school, where a lot of my peers in both middle school and high school uh, sort of accepted me and sort of pulled me along. And uh, for many years, I was a juvenile delinquent. So for many years, I was, wasn't the greatest kid. I did a little bit of everything when I was uh, growing up in New York in middle school and, and uh, high school. I was a pretty bad kid back in the days. But... Oh, but, but, I'm much better now. <laughs> I'm much better. At 54, I've learned my lesson, so... What yeah. would you say um, turned you around, or what challenge did you have that made you change your ways? Well, two things that, was, that happened in my life that was pretty life-changing. The first thing is that um, one time I was hanging out with a group of friends, and, and I don't know if you know, for Rockaway, Queens is a part of New York and Queens where it actually sits on the Atlantic Ocean. So I was very fortunate to wake up and have the beach nearby. I mean, literally look out mm-hmm. my window and see the Atlantic Ocean. And we also had basketball go- basketball courts and handball court that all the neighborhood kids used to go hang out at. And one particular day, about five or six of my friends, we were walking down the street and we stopped and sat on a bench. And two of the guys said, hey, I'm going to go get something to drink, go get some sodas. And uh, I said, well, while you're there, why don't you get me a soda? And one of the guys said, well, what's wrong with you? How come you can't walk and go get it? That was a light, light bulb mm-hmm. moment for me. And then the second, probably the biggest change of life is uh, I used to drink like a fish. I was drinking every weekend, hanging out with the mm-hmm. fellas. And one night I came home and the room was spinning. Mm-hmm. And I remember laying on bed and I said, okay, when this room, when I closed my eyes, I want this room to stop spinning. And I closed my eyes expecting the room to stop spinning. When I opened up my eyes, the room was still spinning and I got mad. I said, when I closed my eyes, I want the room to stop spinning. And I closed my eyes again, opened it up a few seconds later and Room was still spinning, and I knew at that time I didn't have control. And from that day on, I stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs, stopped doing everything, and pretty much cold turkey. Mm. Yeah, and that was over 40-something years ago. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much, (laughs) please. That's really something. And it is interesting how we think we have control of so much, and it causes us a lot of pain. Exactly. Absolutely. But at the same time, you also use self-talk to inspire Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I believe that everything I've gone through are my Mm -hmm. testimonies to show other people, especially being disabled, that I can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. And I often say to uh, students when I'm talking to them, don't let me beat you in this game Mm -hmm. because I will outrun you. So I say that often. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So and usually are you speaking to middle school or high school? When you go into the schools? Ooh, it's really the range. I've okay. uh, just finished doing Georgia State University wow. for two days. Mm-hmm. And mostly college students I speak to. I speak to a lot of high school students. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much the range. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it's middle school, but most of the time it's older students, yeah. And the topics, do they also vary? It's always the music industry, my mm-hmm. disability, how I've overcame the disability to get into the music industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Which is, you know, back in the 80s, it was unheard of for somebody with a disability to go into mm-hmm. the music industry. So, yeah. Was there anybody back then that was an inspiration for you? Wow. It was so many. Prince actually got me into the music industry indirectly. Mm-hmm. Because when I had 
had a corporate job in New York. I was working for a publishing company in Manhattan and got fired after two years. And I basically was at a crossroad, like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was sitting home one day uh, watching TV and American Music Awards came on and Prince came on and performed. And mm-hmm. I said, wow, he looks like he's having a lot of fun. Plus, he's getting paid to do this. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to do something that's fun mm-hmm. and get paid at the same time. I want to be in the music industry. And that was my introduction. And where are you? Are you a musician? Nope, not, not, <laughs> not at all. I'm just actually now for the past two years been teaching myself how to play the piano. Well, but I actually started out in a music uh, business working in recording studios for free. Mm-hmm. And only because I wanted to push the button, the little lights. I was like, that looks like fun. I can get paid to do that. But it opened up a lot of doors for me because mm-hmm. working in a recording studio, I got a chance to work with Roy Ayers, got a chance to work with Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. and uh, David Belafonte's, uh, uh, Dave, uh, Harry Belafonte's son. Mm-hmm. And so that opened up the doors to say, okay, I like this. I want to do more of this. And that transferred to other jobs in the industry. And just for our listeners, because it impressed me when I heard you say this, tell us more about that, doing it for free. Yeah, when I first got into the industry, I this is the 80s, this is before the internet, this is before cell phones really started hitting. Uh, in fact, cell phones really wasn't hitting at the time. And uh, I literally flipped over albums mm-hmm. and found people's names and started calling record labels and going through the yellow pages and calling people and... You would think people would say, okay, great, he's willing to do it for free. But I probably got hung up maybe out of 100 times, 99 times. Mm-hmm. And then one recording studio in Manhattan said, come on in. And from 12 in the afternoon to 12 at night, every Sunday, I worked. Wow. Yeah. Took the wow. train from Manhattan to uh, from Queens to Manhattan. So the lesson there is... Oh, definitely. You got to put in You got to put in the time. You gotta never make, give up. Never right? give up. Absolutely. Put in the time. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So, and you said that worked for you also with Billboard, right? Yeah, when I left uh, the, the record uh, recording studio, actually while I was at the recording studio, because I was only working uh, Sunday, I was calling around trying to find other gigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember calling Billboard magazine, and the gentleman that would pick up the phone was a guy by the name of Harry Michelle, who worked at Billboard, and... Uh, Every month I would say, hey, do you have anything? And he said, no, we don't have anything. Call us back next month. Finally, I called him maybe six, seven months later. And he said, yeah, we got something. Why don't you come in? And I went in and he tried me out. And uh, he said, okay, if something comes up, I'll let you know. And he called Mm -hmm. me up and said, hey, do you want to come and work full time? And that was my first paid Mm -hmm. job working for Billboard right in Times Square. That's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. (laughs) So you've had many aha moments in your life, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Working at Billboard was an aha moment. One of the things that's great about the music industry is that people that I worked with back in the 80s, 90% of them are still active in the industry. And 16 and 17-year-old kids that uh, I used to hang out with are now running record labels Mm -hmm. and running movie studios. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely an aha moment that they didn't give up. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I didn't give up, but... Life has definitely been an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess another key we might all take out of that is that you build relationships everywhere you go. You never know absolutely. when you might run into that person again or, or them help them out. You help. They help you out. Yeah. The biggest regret that I have in the well, two regrets that I have in the music industry, and I don't have a lot, but the two biggest regrets that I have in the music industry is one, 
I didn't take a lot of pictures when I was in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I really don't remember meeting half the people that I've met. And I hear stories, for example, like Jada Pinkett was talking to a friend of mine. She said, hey, how's Terry doing? And he said, well, how did you know Terry? And she said, well, he helped me and my mom do a fundraiser back in the late 80s. Wow. I very vaguely remember that in <laughs> wow. Baltimore. So I wish I would have took more pictures. And the yeah. second biggest regret is I was writing for a magazine. I interviewed a young lady that was a rising star. Um, the interview became so personal that we were laughing and joking about everything that I stopped taking notes, stopped writing things mm -hmm. down. And uh, she said to me after our talking, she said, hey, she was performing in Centennial Olympic Park. She said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm not doing anything. She said, well, why don't you come down and hang out with me uh, while I perform? I said, that sounds good. And she said, yeah, we can hang out. And I got lazy and said, you know what? Um, I live all the way in Gwinnett. And by the mm -hmm. time, I'm just going to go back home. And to this day, I regret it because that was Aaliyah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you know, Leah passed a couple yeah. of years ago, so oh, I never got yeah. that opportunity to hang out with her. So that was a regret. That was definitely a regret, definitely yeah. A regret. Absolutely. So keeping keeping in the moment, mm -hmm. you got a lot out of it, but yeah, yeah the regret absolutely. is no pictures, no notes. Yeah, no notes, because <laughs> sometimes I'm watching TV yeah. and I'll see somebody and I'm like, oh, they look familiar. I think yeah. I've worked with them before. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah. So those are some lessons learned. Absolutely, yes. Well, have you had any, like, do you have any routines? Because you're a very upbeat person mm -hmm. and nothing seems to hold you back. Mm -hmm. Anything that you have as a routine that you could share that maybe people could learn from? Write everything down. Mm -hmm. I write everything down to, if you look at my calendar, it says get up at 7 a.m. And I even have a to-do list, brush your teeth and make your bed. And mm -hmm. uh, 10 a.m., you know, I've got a list of things that I'm doing. So every little thing I write down. If you come to my house, I've got notebooks of things that I've written down. And it's great because I can go back to those notebooks years later and see stuff that was mm -hmm. actually crossed out. Oh, I've already done that. So that's great to definitely write everything down and have a schedule. Mm -hmm. Point to have a schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another lesson I think I've learned from you, which I it comes and goes for me, but uh -huh. I think it's about follow up and your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Follow, you know, and that's. That's really what's helped me to write things down is by following up. Mm -hmm. And it's important because we're doing so many different things, it's hard to lose track. And I think one of the biggest things for entrepreneurs or uh, people that have their own business, one of the biggest problems is you lose that contact and you've got somebody like three months later, oh, I forgot to follow mm -hmm. up that person. And yeah, so follow up is very important. Absolutely. So you're scheduled, you're regimented, you have, um, you do great follow-up and networking. Mm -hmm. And what about the inner you? What's that, what inspires you? Life inspires me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wake up like, okay, cool. Uh, just be, you know, I, I always say disabled people, we have such an advantage over able-bodied people mm -hmm. because we see life in a different and yeah. a lot of things that make an able-bodied person sort of uh, not disgruntled, but a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little half-hearted about certain things mm -hmm. doesn't even bother me. So it's like I get up every day and I'm just ready to tackle the world. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Do you have a, a like a spiritual practice that you do that helps inspire that as well? I pray all the time. I pray throughout the day. Um, that's pretty much it. I just pray. Mm -hmm. I say thank you for everything. 
The car start. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the car start. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I I I say thank you throughout the day. And where are you today? What what are you involved in right now? That is. Wow. Of uh, what am I involved in? I still do a lot of public speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing that I do is I have a website called LearnTheMusicBusiness.com that teaches artists about the music industry. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of artists out there that are getting taken advantage of. Not only new artists, but established artists as well. And the third thing is relationship marketing. I do a lot with the greeting card system called Send Out Cards, which I love doing it because I love sending cards to people and getting that good vibration mm-hmm. when they get the card. Tell and us the, more about that. Well, the greeting card company is called Send Out Cards. It started about 15 years ago by a gentleman by the name of Cody Bateman out of Utah. And the way he designed the system was, he always says, follow your promptings. When you mm-hmm. think of someone, sit down and send them a card. And he had a brother about this, maybe about 15, 20 years ago when it started. But he had a brother that reached out to him and he said, okay, I'll reach out to him later. Mm-hmm. When he decided to give his brother a call a couple of days later, his brother had passed. Oh, wow. So that prompted him to say mm-hmm. promptings. And so he created this company called Send Out Cards, which really takes the inconvenience of sending greeting cards and making it convenient. So now instead of running to the grocery store, oh, I got to get a birthday card, then you got to get a stamp, and then you got to go to the Mm -hmm. post office. Now you can literally sit in front of your computer or your cell phone, design the greeting card, hit the button, and we'll send it and mail it for you. So you can write whatever you want. Whatever you want. You can upload pictures. and, And I literally get the most response on Facebook because I'll take a personal picture off of Facebook that somebody maybe got married or mm-hmm. celebrating a birthday. And when I put that in a card and send it to them, uh, they literally yeah. call up like, wow, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. still a believer in, in the cards, sending yeah. cards, not yeah. just a text or anything. Yeah, exactly. You know. It's a lost art. And it's, we're not, about. it's not just the person that sends it, but when you get it, it feels yes. like... The, you know, it's a gift. It's, it is a gift, a actually, yeah. Especially yeah. in a mailbox because we're mm-hmm. so used to getting bills and junk yeah, mail junk, yeah. to get a card that comes out. It's, yeah, absolutely. Great. What else are you working on? Uh, what Another else am book? I doing? I actually have a blog, a tech blog for people mm-hmm. that are disabled. And the blog is um, we have Spotlight Smart Home Products. Because I think the smart home companies like Ring Doorbell, mm-hmm. uh, Needle uh, Vacuums, uh, Canary, they're sort of missing the market when it comes to the disabled community. Mm-hmm. And smart home products are perfect for people that are disabled. So, for example, um, for someone that's disabled in a wheelchair, somebody rings the doorbell, they've got to get to that door, mm-hmm. sort of open up the door to see who it is. Now with a product like Ring Doorbell, they can see who it is from the, which is mm-hmm. more safer mm-hmm. to see who's actually at the door before they say, okay, let me yeah. answer it. So a lot of the smart home products that I write about right now, I'm writing about uh, reviewing the needle vacuum cleaner, which is kind of cool to have the vacuum cleaner going around it's the like floor. It's like a little robot. It's like a little robot yeah. and it's vacuuming the floor and it's kind of cool. So uh-huh. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> I'm a big kid. So. so you're into the tech. Oh, definitely into the tech. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've got the, the smart watch on. And, yeah. So that's all about our, you know, our bodies as a temple in a way, because the smart watch helps keep your 
yeah. healthy and absolutely. Jeff got my like stuff that. and it's counting my That's water great. intake and it's great. So yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the smart home in terms of disabled. I thought about it in terms of aging, mm -hmm. but in terms of disability too. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. actually talking with a company. I want to say they were called Wallabot, and they're coming out with a product, a system where you stick it on a bathroom wall, and it can determine if you fall. Oh. And if you fall, then it'll notify somebody yeah. that you, that, yeah. So they're coming out with some great products. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what's um, on the horizon in terms of what will elevate you to the next thing? What's in your dreams like five years down the road? Oh, five You're years. You're playing the piano. Five years from now, I'm also learning French, teaching oh. myself French, and I'm fantastic. teaching myself sign language. So I hope to be very versed in all three. <laughs> Uh, much ahead in piano because I'm doing that more often than mm -hmm. I'm doing French. But I got a friend of mine that I met through Facebook that she lives in London and she used to dance with Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And so we talk on Facebook in French and that helped me oh, out a lot. That's so that's great. been cool. So It's so good for our brains. It is. The it is. Plasticity and keeping us alert and yeah. always learning. and. Yeah, and just like, and even with the the piano playing, it's keeping my fingers, mm -hmm. you know, very flexible, and uh, and just remembering notes and playing keys, and mm -hmm. so I'm loving it. Yeah. So you're very busy. Yes, I'm very busy, but I take time out. Um, I just like to say I I love to travel, mm -hmm. love going overseas. I love going on cruises. I'm a <laughs> I'm a cruise person. <laughs> free food. I mean, once you get on a cruise, free food, yeah. and you can literally go from port to port. So I'm loving it. <laughs> Well, I, we want to know a few more things about you. We have something called the lightning round. Okay. So just if you could share some tips or amazing insights and resources. Okay. What lifts you up? My faith lifts me up and life lifts me up. Yeah. And my, mm -hmm. my son, I have a 21-year-old son, so he keeps yeah. me motivated as well. All right. Yeah. Is he into music? Yes, he is. He actually is. He's a producer. Uh, he's going to Georgia Southern... Uh, university in Statesboro and he's studying public health wants to work for the CDC but on the side he does exactly. music as well he does production great yeah and you can keep him in the right path yeah but I'm, I'm I'm not cool so he oh, doesn't really yeah. take my advice oh it's that whole parent thing. yeah the whole parent thing I'm not cool <laughs> what helps keep you feel grounded and centered uh, one of the things that helps me feel grounded because I do a lot of marketing on social media that when people come up to me and say that they look forward to what I post every day. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, can they take a picture with me? And like, hey, you know, you don't know me, but mm -hmm. I'm one of your Facebook friends. And that, that humbles me a lot. Oh. Yeah. And are there people in your life that maybe don't like the changes they see in you and how you've handled anything like your success? Maybe they're, they don't like that you went into music or that you stopped being into music so much. I think, you know, uh, now it's, it's totally different, but I think when I first wanted to get into the music industry, my family, for the most part, was supportive, but a lot of times it was like, okay, can you make money from this? And, you know, we're used to the traditional jobs, and so now that, you know, I can count celebrities as friends, it's a yeah. lot different yeah. because now I'm in magazines and on yeah. TV shows and they're like, that's my, that's my cousin and that's my, you know, family member. So, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it's just perception. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. usually it clears up. And After a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are there any books or, or resources that you could recommend to our listeners that have inspired you or motivated you? 
Uh, I would say if you're getting into the music industry, you want to definitely get the book Donald Passman, The Business of Music. You can also look online for my my book. It's an e-book called My Storybook, My Music Storybook, and I'm actually changing it and revising it. So it's going to be actually called Fearless Dreams and maybe sometime this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if you're getting into music, you definitely want to get uh, Donald Passman, the, the Business of Music, and learn as much as you can about the industry because it is a business. Yeah. And do you, in terms of your disability, mm-hmm. I know you're labeled the hottest disabled speaker in America. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is there something you could tell our listeners that we should be aware of if we have a disability in order to, you know, just be more confident in public or to the people who don't recognize disabilities, what they could be aware of and, and how they interact with people? Well, I would say on the, the first question is to just get out there and do it. Uh, I've, I've lived the last 54 years as a person that just said, what if? Mm-hmm. And uh, what would it be like to skydive? And then I went skydiving. It took me about 10 years to get to that, but I went skydiving. Well, I wonder what it would be like to have a tattoo. And I went to California and got a tattoo. So my life has been based on if somebody else can do it, then I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And I could never understand why I couldn't do it. Especially when it came to getting into the music industry, I always felt, well, there's people that's in it and they get up every morning like I get up every morning. Mm-hmm. So basically, to just go for it. If you want to do it, definitely do it as far as getting into it, researching. And now it's so much easier to do it, anything, than when I did it because now you've got the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to find people, so many, so easy to learn things. So don't let it be discouraging when... People say you can't do it. Prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And then for the people that aren't, if they, how, what should they be aware of in terms of disability, working with somebody that has a disability? Well, the, you know, a lot of time, I'll, I'll tell you a perfect good example. I used to work for Coca-Cola mm-hmm. and we had a gentleman that was blind and they developed a program, which I sort of spearheaded. But they developed a program that as a customer service rep, when he would type a key in his right ear, the key would tell him what key he was hitting. And in his left ear, he could hear the customer. And for for the, maybe, I worked at Coke for eight years. I think Thomas was there for about five years. But I used to always joke with him and say, oh, you're not blind. You just, <laughs> you're pulling out like, you know, like he would come to work sometimes without the dog. Uh-huh. You're like, okay, how did you come without the dog? He said he didn't want to come. Uh-huh. And he cooks and he dresses. So yeah. I used to always joke with him and say, you know, you're not blind. And he would laugh and stuff. So, you know, just treat it as if you were talking to a buddy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we don't want to be uh, sympathized with mm-hmm. people feeling pity. Because I always tell people when I walk into the room, I really have the biggest secret. People mm-hmm. sort of look at me and if they want to wonder how my life is, I'll look at a guy, he walks funny and have no idea. I've hung out with Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. I've hung out with Madonna. So, yeah, yeah life yeah. is good. Well, that's very inspirational and instructional. Thank, Thank you. you. What's the best advice you've received from somebody else? Roy Ayers gave me the best advice. What's that? Actually, Roy Ayers and my father gave me the best advice. Mm-hmm. So the advice that my, professionally and personally, the best professional advice that I got from Roy Ayers when he was uh, 
working in a, in a session in the music industry, in a music studio that I was in, um, I sort of asked him, hey, what type of advice do you have? This was like maybe six months into my sort of music career working at the studio. And he said, never take anything personal because if you do, you'll fall on your butt. And I remember thinking, like, that's it? Like, I'm waiting for a whole big speech. And <laughs> and it took me maybe 10, 15 years to understand yeah. what he meant by that. Because this industry is so judgmental. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of rejection. And that advice, those six or seven words that he gave me, really held me up for many years. And then the best personal advice that I got is uh, when I was in junior high school in New York, there was a girl that I had a crush on, had no idea that I existed. And one day I go into the, the cafeteria and she's in there. And if you know junior high school cafeterias, mm-hmm. like all the kids and mm-hmm. everybody's talking and all these plates and utensils are making noise. And I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. And I fell in the middle of the cafeteria and it got quiet. Everybody stopped and looked mm-hmm. at me. And I was so embarrassed. And I literally got up the you know, walked out, my head was down. It was like the worst day of my life. And I remember going home and telling my father, well, he knew. I didn't even have to tell him. He said, okay, what's going on? Because he knew something was going on. And I told him the story and he said, but you got up. And I said, yeah, I got up. And he said, that's the best part. You got up. That's mm-hmm. the most important. And so I've already remembered that, that no matter the time you fall, you get up. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was yeah. the best personal advice. I hear that advice a lot. Yes. It must be a signal. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there you go. Then never give up. Never give up. <laughs> what if? What if? Always what ifs. Absolutely. And um, when you fall, when you fall, always get up. And never don't take things personally. Never take things. Personally. I think you have a book. Okay. I absolutely. I think so. Too. <laughs> um, what would you like to tell our listeners about living their best self? I would say to dream the impossible, write things down that you want to do, everything, no matter how crazy it seems, write it down because you have to be able to see it each day. If you want to travel abroad, write it down and then start writing down the steps to get to traveling abroad. So first thing, if you want to, for example, if you want to travel abroad, first thing you need to do is get a passport. Mm-hmm. Once you get that passport, it's tangible now. Mm-hmm. You've got it in your hands, and you're going to look at that passport all the time. And then start looking at different countries that you want to start visiting, different places. And because of YouTube is so great, I would say to start looking for those places on YouTube, the do's and the don'ts, and mm-hmm. what people's experience have been in those different places, and get a vision board. Uh, I live by vision boards. Oh, you do? Absolutely. I live by vision boards. The truck that I'm driving now Uh was on my vision board. (laughs) And uh, the house that I bought uh, a couple years back is on my vision board. So you have to visualize. You have to see it. And you have to say it to yourself over and over every day. And the best thing I would definitely say to your listeners is to write it down. Absolutely. So you, you basically imprint it. And you've already lived it even before you go there. Exactly. And so your mind doesn't know the You difference. have to manifest it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Now, since you're so technical, is it a digital vision board or do you still do paper one? Oh, I still do paper. <laughs> yeah, because I got to put it up on the wall so I can see it. So, yeah, I still do Great. paper. All right. And our last question for you, and then we'll see if you have anything else you want to talk about, is if you were to leave the earth today, mm-hmm. what would you most want to be remembered for? 
I would say that helping people out, people being able to come to me for advice. I get a lot of people that do come to me for advice. And also, I would say just leaving the place better. And that is evident by my Facebook post, my Instagram post, when people come up to me crying and saying, I read your post every day. So that, that lets me know I'm doing something. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very inspirational. Yeah. So be su- that's a good intro. You can be found on Google. Yes. Uh-huh. On Facebook under yes. Terry Moore. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's M-O-O-R-E-R mm-hmm. dot com. Yes. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Instagram and Twitter. Yes, uh-huh. And your blog is where? My blog is currently on Medium, but it's going to be moved to terrymore.info in a couple of months. Okay. Yeah, and probably then, within the next week or so. Terry and Moore. And we also info. have the send... Sendpaperlove.info. Yep, okay. and those are the greeting cards. And, right. and I just tell people to Google me and reach out to mm-hmm. me. I'm approachable. Uh, don't hesitate to inbox me and send me a message because I respond to all. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you do. You're very... Very good follow-up. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you so much, Terry, for joining us today. Any final words? No, I just want to tell your listeners that it's it's a wonderful world out there. And I always say um, to have faith, you got to move two feet first. You got to get it going first. So wake up tomorrow morning, start writing down your goals and your dreams and and make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if? That's what I'm taking away. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Hey there. Before you go, we hope today's show inspired you to awaken and unleash your own inner power to elevate yourself, your life, and the world. Please leave us a review on iTunes because those reviews are important to our show. And we'd love for you to subscribe to our show and share this episode on your favorite social media channels. Finally, are you rising up to your best self every day? Let us know more by reaching out to us at www.heartsriseup.com. Thank you for listening.